You're listening to the best of the day. I say you the, you the best. Halford and Bruff. It's a jam-packed Friday show, and we will start it as we always do by telling you what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? We begin with the Vancouver Canucks. I guess there was actual tangible news yesterday. The Vancouver Canucks announced that forward Ilya Mikheyev has undergone an operation successfully to repair his injured ACL. He will begin his rehab process soon and is expected to remain on the club's injured reserve list for the remainder of the season. So let's all do the math here, boys. We're looking at a six to eight month recovery, which is wild. Remember when an ACL used to ruin your career? And that was the end of it. It was like the Tommy John almost. ACL, Tommy John yeah. were the kisses of death, really. You had a 50-50 chance in some instances of coming back from it. But that's because I'm old. And the procedure, I think, was very archaic back in the day. Now it's you get up, you get on your feet, and you start the rehab process. And it really only keeps you out six to eight months if, and I repeat if, everything goes according to plan. And as the Canucks have found out medically this season, things don't always go According to plan, just ask Tanner Pearson and his hand. Uh, McKayev obviously suffered the injury and tried to play through it. And now is where we get to see if that decision was wise or unwise. It's going to be unfair judging it in retrospect, although that's what we do on Sports Talk Radio and really in life. Uh, it's going to be, was it necessary for him to try and play through this? Should they have undergone surgery earlier? Yada, yada, yada. You all know where the story goes from here. But right now, the primary goal is for Mikheyev to get back on his feet, start the rehab process, and be, to be ready to go basically in August. And you're looking at six months from there out. We shall see. He's going to be an important part of this. Uh, I think, and we've talked about this with the dogs as well, you understand why he wanted to push through. I'm trying to think of a worse way to start a four-year, $4.75 million AAV deal than by announcing that you're going under for season-ending surgery. It's a bummer. You want to play in your new market. You want to show yourselves to your new teammates and your new fans. You want to show that you're worth the money. You want to play. You're a competitor. So I say good on Mikhaev from, from an attitude standpoint, from an approach standpoint, to push through and play. Again, all this really comes down to is whether or not he is going to be able to be ready in time for training camp. Because you know what? If there's something to be learned from this year, it's that a bad training camp can really set your season off on a bad foot. They're apparently very important if you talk to coaches. Uh, and president of hockey <laughs> operations. Yeah. Okay, uh, yesterday, one of the Canucks All-Stars, they originally had two All-Stars going down to Florida, but then one of them got traded. So one of them, Elias Pettersson, the remaining one, uh, did the media rounds yesterday. It was NHL Media Day at the NHL All-Star game yesterday. It's always a useful endeavor because there's so many people situated uh, in one concentrated area. You get to do a lot of conversations and you get to check up on a lot of stories that you wouldn't otherwise. So one of them, obviously, and again, I mentioned this off the top, the preeminent story that's going to be coming out of Vancouver moving forward is captaincy and leadership group. So uh, Petey came on Sportsnet 650 yesterday with Satyar Shah and Dan Riccio. Connect Central in the afternoon. He had a lot of different things to say. Now, he got asked front and center about potentially being the next captain of this team, or at the very least, being a key member of the leadership group 
because he was identified as such by none other than Rick Tockett, the head coach of the team. We'll play the audio from there as well. He came on the show yesterday with me, and he specifically said, Hughes and Pedersen are going to get letters. Maybe as soon as this season. It sounds as though it will be this season. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Petey talked about that yesterday. It's going to be a big step up for him in terms of his career and the maturation of his role as a leader. Here's what he had to say on Canuck Central yesterday, Elias Pettersson on potentially becoming a captain. Yeah, definitely. That would be an honor. Um, but, like, I'm uh, I'm not the most vocal guy, and I'm, I'm very <laughs> usually a very quiet guy and just want to work hard and, and do good for my teammates. But, uh, I mean... We'll see. We'll see what uh, what will happen in the future here. I know Coach uh, Rick Tockett has, has sort of talked about it a little bit in the in the few interviews he's he's already done, but he's he's sort of pegged you and and Quinn to to really start to to grow into into bigger leadership roles. Uh, is that yeah. is that a conversation you've already had with him? Um, yeah, a little bit. Obviously, me and Quinn, we aren't <laughs> rookies anymore, so. Uh, and I think both of us want more responsibility. So, um, so yeah, that's all I can say. Interesting that he did throw it out there. Like, Quinn and I want this challenge, want this responsibility. Because I guarantee you there are players that don't want it. In fact, I know that there are players that don't want it. It was one of the things that um, Artemi Panarin kind of caught a little bit of flack for when he went to the Rangers. Because he said, I don't, I don't want to be the captain. Well, his main point was the language barrier, I believe. Yeah, but I he think, didn't think he was cut out for. It. I think it was also all the responsibility. Some guys just want to go out and play hockey, and they just want to focus on that. They well, don't want to. It's even harder to do it when you don't speak the language, right? You don't. You want to make sure your message comes across clearly, sure. right? And I think that was what his main concern was. He didn't want to be misquoted or. or yeah, well, I also the there context. there is that, and I think all PD didn't necessarily allude to that, but he did allude to the fact that he he's not a vocal guy. You didn't sound. All altogether thrilled with the when notion. When does he ever he never but I know he's yeah. thrilled <laughs> about anything? That's why yeah. this is such a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. Is can you have a captain that's going to answer everything like that? But he did sound like he wanted to be part of the leadership group. Yeah, because Wh- whether it's the captain or not, who knows? But um, he sounds like he wants that challenge. I think these guys are all so hardwired competitively that this is just another thing where if there's any sort of accolade to be had or any sort of acknowledgement or recognition, they want it. Well, bargaining chip for the next contract as well. Well, there's that. Like he looks at it as like a lot a of sway. Yeah. Looks well, it's like a yeah. challenge, a responsibility, something to take on. Look, it goes back to what we said yesterday. If it, Oftentimes, your captain is your best player. And that's just a way of anointing it and announcing it. So if you're that, if you're like wired competitively, you want that. You want the responsibility. You want to be the guy that gets to hoist the Stanley Cup first not fifth. A big difference, right? I mean, that's why those commercials ring so true, and that's why there's all the the pomp and circumstance behind the trophy thing. Who gets it first? It's not the owner. It's not the coach. It's not the GM. It's the the captain of the team. You are the guy. So I get that part of it. Um, I get why almost every player would want it and why it's – that's the significance of it because we always say, like, the captaincy means nothing and it means everything at the same time. It's a meaningless sewed patch onto your jersey. It's no different than the TD one or the two points for FG or the logo, but it, it does mean so much more than that because, again, the coach acknowledged it yesterday. I mean, what did Rick Tockett say? The number one thing that him and Foote and Gonchar were trying to identify coming into Vancouver. What'd they say? 
The leaders. They want to know what the leadership group is. They also do. talk about the PK a lot, but yes, the leader. That was because I kind of told them that it was really <laughs> bad. I like that that we could that conversation was so easy to have because I didn't even have to tap dance around the fact that the, the penalty kill stinks. It's like, your penalty kill is bad. And I could hear him being like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, it was not my problem. Not the greatest. That, now yeah. it is, but it wasn't before. Long, heavy sigh. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to fix it somehow. <laughs> now, you brought up the contract, Laddie as it pertains to Elias Pettersson. Very well done on your part, because it's Jason, our fallen soldier. He's not really fallen. He's just sick. But Old Jace. Old Jace. Jace Bruff. Jace B, as he likes yeah, to be JB. Called. Good old JB. Good old JB. Yeah. Uh, he did acknowledge that it's a weird dynamic that you're kind of pushing Pettersson as the next captain of the team, knowing that there is this very profound, massive, influential contract negotiation on the horizon. It's like, do you throw all the flowers at him? Do you give him everything that he wants? Because if you hit your wagon to him as captain, you're kind of saying, like, we're also ready to and prepared to pay you whatever you want on an extension. Eight years, wherever we got to go, we're going to go. You Petter- assume they're going to do that anyways, though, right? I mean, he's probably going to make as much money as he asks for. Well, I think that's the thing, is they, they're, they're acting with impunity and without fear. Like, you know what? We'll go ahead and just give him the captaincy now. It doesn't matter because we're going to give him the contract anyway. There's no point in doing the tap dance or, oh, we can't give him the captaincy until he commits. Like, they're hitching their wagon to Pedersen. Pedersen is the core. Hughes is the core. That's it. They've made that decision, and they're moving forward with it. And Kuzmenko, and my Kuzmenko, boy. Your boy Kuz is also in the mix. So Pedersen talked about this as well yesterday uh, on Canucks Central with Riccio and Sat. Here's what that sounded like. I mean, uh, I like it there. It's been, I've been playing five seasons here now. Um place i call home um but i don't i don't focus uh too much on that now i still got a couple more games left this season and then when the contract talk is coming up i'll focus on that then but for now um i'm just focus on on my play and uh, give my best for the team so that's going to be right atop the priority chart this summer i know that we've prattled on at length about the major surgery and all my weird surgery analogies that confused the hell out of Frank Saravalli yeah, yesterday. I really like those surgery analogies. Uh, scalpels, yeah, incisions. Throw them in whenever you can. I like a good surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there eating junior mints from the viewing deck. Yeah. I like watching surgery. What yeah, can I tell you? Your lips look fantastic, by the way. Yeah, that's injections. That's not a surgery. <laughs> oh, you don't do surgery on lips. <laughs> you big dumb animal. <laughs> uh, so... I want to kind of shift gears back to the captaincy talk because there was another wrinkle in all of this emanating from the All-Star game and All-Star weekend. It's that Bo Horvat was making the media rounds yesterday. So, like, three guesses on what Bo was being asked about. I've done enough media scrums to know that the questions, you're not getting anything really new or original. The number change, I want to say, is probably a, a You know what? He didn't really get asked about that really? other, to, other than to explain the math behind it. Right. Did you see this? Yeah. Yes. Can you explain it weird? to the listeners? No, I cannot. Uh, he's now number 14. Yeah. So the one yep. is because what? How did he get the one in 14? That was a math equation. Uh, laddie? <laughs> God, you big dumb animal. It was one plus four okay. is five, yeah. which is his old number. Right. And then four minus one right. is three, which was the second half of okay. his old number. So one plus four, four minus one. Yeah. And one and four are on the jersey. Got you. That was explained, and then it's everyone... Too much math for me. Yeah, yeah people like were like, an, analytics, like once again, ruining hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so that was this, the conversation there. No, the thing that he was asked about was, hey, 
You used to be the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. You're not anymore. Who do you think should be the next captain? And Bo didn't hesitate. He threw his backing behind Elias Patterson. Now, I don't really know if he was going to go anywhere else. He's like, no, I think it should be JT Miller. I think that he understood that when he was out, Petey was always destined to be the next guy, the, the captain of destiny, if you will. The quote was, <clears throat> as I put on my best Bo Horvat voice, Bo said, and I quote, he'd be my vote if it came to it, and I'm sure one of these days the C is going to go on his chest. If it does, I couldn't be more happy for him. Uh-huh. And it's obviously going to be a great captain. How sweet is that? Some kind words there. Bo also acknowledged that they get their last ride together on Saturday yeah, at the I, All-Star game. I don't game. know how I'm going to feel about that. I, I'm strange, I've been strangely... It's been strangely sad. Like I, I'm not sad that he got traded in the sense that I was just prepared for it and I knew it was going to happen and it had to happen. But see, all those, all that New York, New York Islanders social media stuff with Horvat in it, not, not liking it very much. I'm not doing, that's not doing it for me. Yeah, it's it's sad because of what I pointed out on the show earlier. Like I felt like he did his best under very trying circumstances here, and you know the way that it ended wasn't really befitting of a captain. I mean, how I think he's the only, only captain in, I'm not joking, in NHL history to be traded at the All-Star game. Like, other guys have been traded at the All-Star game before, but he's a captain. Yeah. It's a matter of, I mean. Well, captains I, don't get traded in general. Right. Uh, you know, the funny thing here is that um, the other guy that's facing this line of questioning now, I think he probably, when Horvath got traded, he was like, ah, Christ, I got to deal with this now, it was Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. It's because Dylan Larkin is the captain of the Detroit Red Wings much like Bo was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Also, Larkin's a pending UFA, much like Bo was with the Canucks. So all these things are lined up, and Larkin actually had to address it yesterday because, like Bo, he's kind of throwing some clips out there of the I want to be blank for life. And for Bo, it was a Canuck, and for Larkin, it's a Red Wing. He says he can't see himself going anywhere. But I was watching Pierre Lebrun do a hit from Florida, and he's like, he very well could be going somewhere. They've been working on this negotiation on an extension for months, and there doesn't seem to be a ton of traction. And now you look at it, and Detroit's not super close to a playoff spot. And if, and I'm just throwing it out there, if these two situations run parallel and are kind of mirrors of one another, you could make the argument that if they're going to turn that team over in Detroit to... Uh, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider and the next great players, then maybe it's an easy way to move on from Larkin now. Like Larkin would fetch a pretty good return at the deadline, I would think. Yeah, he's still ba- a very good player. Well, based on the Horvat return, yeah, I mean that would do something in Detroit. Remember, they've got a brand new head coach behind the bench. It's very obvious that their future isn't necessarily tied to Larkin, but more about the guys that I just mentioned. And I think if you look at the landscape. You could make a compelling argument that for all the teams that didn't get a chance to do the dance in the Bo Horvat trade talks, and you heard like the Canucks zeroed in on the Islanders and that was it. So Carolina, Boston, maybe the Rangers, these other teams kind of left standing there. Larkin's a f- totally viable 1B, maybe even on par with Horvat in terms of getting something for the, the run. Now, I don't know if the Red Wings are willing to go there. It's hard to trade your captain, but imagine getting two of them traded in one deadline. That'd be quite remarkable. Okay, we got a lot more to get to on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. I will remind you that if you want to get a hold of us at the show, it is Ask Us Anything Friday. we got a few in already. we got a few good ones already. 
Do we? Do you got all this? I've been, I've been flagging. Uh, do you have one that we'd be ready to do in like 90 seconds? Because we got a little bit of time before we go to break. Otherwise, we can read it and then answer it on the other side. You know what? Let's just do that. Pick one, and then we can discuss it at the break. Sure. I don't know where we're going with this. I haven't even looked at the stupid in basket because I'm so busy because <laughs> I'm doing the show by myself. But anyway. Many yes. listeners want to know about your budding friendship with Rick Talkett. Oh, yeah. Me me and Talk are pretty tight. And I, we got to bring this up with Bruff on Monday, of course. See, I it's funny because when he said that on the air, my self-loathing kicked in, and I'm like, damn, he just said that because I asked him a bunch of like really easy softball questions. He's like, he just crushed you. one off you at slow pitch. And right. Thank you for that. Yeah, and he, he, round, he grabbed a Coors Light when he was rounding third, and he cheers me when he crossed home. Right, like, I get that. So when Bruff was he's like, Bruff texted me. He's like, how'd the show go? I'm like, ah, Faber didn't show up. And then Talkit thanked me at the end of the interview, and I'm like, that's the kiss of death right there. <laughs> like, you know, you didn't really do anything difficult in the interview. If the guy's like, wow, thanks, that was really easy and great. But anyway. We're going to work on that new segment for you guys, though, together, the Tight with Talk. Softballs for Rick? Is yeah, that what he, we're going to call he's it? Gonna yeah. come, he's going to come on the show every other day, and he'll only answer your questions. If Bruff tries to ask him questions, he'll just ignore them completely. He's like, these, are, these are hard. Do we have any of those Halford easy <laughs> ones? And I'll be like, oh, we sure do, Rick. Okay, anyway. Before we get into other program, what do we got for Ask Us Anything? We're going to read one before we go to break here. What do we got? Yeah, sure. We can do an Ask Us Anything from an unsigned one that I Ooh, saw. Ooh, Gary. Uh, incredibly cheap foods to live off for a couple of months. I have a few ideas. Oh, nice. I, I like this one. Okay. one, one Very appropriate comes to my mind for, for sure. the topic right now with the price of so, groceries. Yes. Right okay. If you have any suggestions, text into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. The question was cheap foods that you can live off for a couple months. We're going apocalyptic here on the Alfred and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, what are the best incredibly cheap foods to live off for a couple of months? Laddie, this one drew your attention. Mm-hmm. Is this because you used to work in a hot dog processing oh, no. factory? or It's not hot dogs. No. It's, uh, I lived off for a while. Uh, Habitant pea soup. Oh, I've it had is, that before. Yellow is, label, gigantic yep. can. Extremely filling. Sweet, sweet Extremely can. filling yeah. and very cheap. Uh, does it have ham or is it just pea? You can get any variety you want. There's, there's with ham and without ham. I said, <laughs> is it ham or does it just have pea? Okay, <laughs> just verify. I also love telling people I ate. Pea soup today. Yeah. Um, now, the issue with some of these, including that one, is it's got like 3,000% of your daily recommended intake of sodium. That does for sure, because mm-hmm. that's how they kick up the flavor of pea soup. That's right. I a mean, lot of people are throwing out ramen. That's like, my answer, yeah. That's, yeah, but you I can't. Gotta say, that's like the correct. Mr. Noodles is like the cheapest thing on the planet. You can't live off You that. can't live sure. off oh, it. Oh, I did for many years. <laughs> You'll actually turn into a pile of salt. You know how they kill slugs? It's feed them Mr. Noodles every day. There's too much salt. You I can't actually do got it. stronger from it somehow. <laughs> what do you got against sodium? <laughs> I love good. I, I have nothing against sodium. <laughs> I have. Sean I have a slight right problem now. with sodium poisoning, which is what will happen if you eat Mr. Noodles multiple times in a week. Yeah, Sean is on hold. Yes. I've given him plenty of time to think about this. Let's go to the phone lines now. From the Athletic, NHL writer Sean Gentile and our good friend here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, dude? You guys like spoke for me. Sodium content is the problem with mm-hmm. all of these like individual answers. Thank and it's you. like so my initial thought was chili. Like I like I think you could do I I know there's problems that would come from eating chili every day. Yes. But like a yes. bean and meat chili would give you actual sustenance. Like mm-hmm. if, if there were if it was only one thing, you could mix in some protein, you can mix in some fiber. Yep. Like 
you would eat that and not be malnourished at the end of it. I think that's because I think that's ultimately the goal is that you need to because you're, you're going to hate whatever you eat. Yes. Like if you have to do it for a certain amount of time, it doesn't matter if it's your favorite food, like you're never going to want to see it again. So you might as well just focus on trying to stay as like physically well as <laughs> uh, possible. So that so my initial thought was chili, but there's a ton of sodium in that, too. So, yeah, I don't know. There is that dude. I, and I don't know if you guys saw that guy on Twitter as a bit. He ate a rotisserie chicken every day. The King of Philadelphia. Like, oh, he, yeah. We, yeah. We Big had, fan. That was a bit on the show for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. We, we okay. followed his exploits quite thoroughly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it was a slow week. Yeah. All of us. All of us. The, uh, the, the, the continent watched with bated breath as he entered day 40 or whatever it was. Um, so I think that might be an option too, just do like a Costco rotisserie chicken every day. But like you're you're gonna be miserable no matter what. You just don't want to like eat yourself into a into like a sodium induced stroke. So I so you got to be be judicious about about the chili you pick so you don't actually make yourself sick. But I think that would probably be my answer. Let it be known that this is the only sports talk radio show on the planet that's gonna segue from a sodium induced stroke to uh, television ratings for the National Hockey League in the United States. <laughs> Not many can do it. The All-Star festivities begin tonight, 4 o'clock. Uh, Elias Pettersson is going to partake in the hardest shot competition. I almost forgot that he's done this before. Did you guys remember this? I really, I, I got to say, I really like the skills competition. I know some people aren't big All-Star weekend people, and I know the game itself can be sometimes a little lackluster, but I always have fun watching the skills comp. It's super cool. It's for the kids. Well, I'm a kid. Um, I'm, a big, I'm a big child. There's only the fastest skater. You, you know what the only ones that matter are? The, bra I just, I, the I bragging right ones are the ones that are, are kind of, and I stress the word kind of, kind of. Uh, kind of interesting. The rest of them are just like it's, it's less watching the actual competition and more just watching like the players interacting and just the whole festivity of it. It, it seems really cool. And, and God, yeah, you're, God, you're adorable. I know. And, yeah. the, and and there are some cool like the hardest shot. Obviously, there are some cool ones to watch as well. But uh, some of those events, the new ones that they try, don't always hit the mark. So I'll be curious to see if this year's. A I think bit there's better. one where they shoot pucks off the shoreline of the beach into various water targets. Like I don't. That is so dumb. Are they doing the goalie shot again? I don't know. On the far end. That doesn't matter. Because that would draw my attention. I know. It would draw your attention. You're all the goalie ones. There's some called like Tendy Tandem, which sounds weird. Well, Luongo will be there. He'll be in that. Yep. He I'll will be. be. Cool. Um, here's the thing. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because it's a skills competition, but there's some, the, the primal hey, ones. Man, don't poo poo the skills competition. I'm poo pooing it. <laughs> the, the, the primal ones who shoot puck hardest. Yeah. Who skate fastest. Those yeah. ones. Yeah. Are good. Yes. Because at least there's something to be said for if you were to Google, if you didn't know anything about hockey and you were to Google who's the fastest hockey player, that would be the answer. They had mm. a competition. Yep. They tried to figure it out. The answer is Connor McDavid. He's not in it this year. So that's kind of lame. What, uh, wait, what? McDavid asked not to be in it anymore. Because he's just too good. Because he's always. the other guys. How did a I chance. not hear about this? Because yeah. not... it's not a big deal. No one cares. Yeah, that's exactly. why. I guess that's yeah. why, yeah. Okay, the well, fact that I'm talking about it at So length. the fastest skater in the NHL isn't taking place in the fastest skater competition. And then the hardest shot is obviously a good, like, who shoots the puck the hardest? It's like yeah. something that my kid would have Googled five years ago mm -hmm. when he was trying to figure out stuff about hockey, right? But that those things I get. 
But you could have left it at that. I applaud the creativity, though, so I'll be interested to see I don't. how it looks. You need more than two events. I you got to really try new Yeah, things. there's two events. There's two events. <laughs> Everyone gets to skate as fast as they can. Everyone gets to shoot the I mean, puck yeah, as Yeah, sometimes as they can. the new events don't always work. Oh, and the accuracy shootout. That was <laughs> yeah, a good that's one, cool. too. That's yeah. Cool. If you're the yeah, who's got the most accurate shot? This guy. So there was that it. one that one year where the players have to like stick handle through all these weird obstacles. Like remember the Sedins did it, Datsuk did it. Then they had a sauce pass into the yeah, little like, tiny. Yeah, it was like the most was, impossible yeah. little. Oh, I love that one. That was. It cool. took too long. But I, I think I love I love that one because it was like the Datsuk and the Sedin era when they the Korean baseball it. league. The bunt the bunt contest. They do a bunt contest. Yeah, I did. I do year. like that. That's amazing. Most accurate bunter. <laughs> It's so fun. It's good. Okay. You guys love it. We need to put a... Bu- yeah, I know we got to go to break, but we need to answer this question that we had. Gentilly tried to answer it with chili. That yeah. rhymes. Gentilly's chili. Steal that. Hey, yeah. Steal He's got to have a recipe, right? <laughs> Steal that. Chili. Gentilly chili? The question was, what's a very inexpensive cheap food that you could survive on for a month or two? And it said foods, so I think it meant you don't necessarily have to pick one thing, but for the purposes of this... Very stupid exercise. Ask us anything Friday. It's a one. So Sean said chili, which is more of a catch-all. One texter said they did a study and it was actually potatoes. Was potatoes the you they came up with potatoes like are scientifically like they yeah. did a study like potatoes apparently. Potatoes are probably the most affordable. My God, it's in the vegetable aisle, so I'll call it a vegetable. Yeah, just, they <laughs> yeah. grow and pretty easily. People just yeah. think they're neat. They're neat. Yeah. <laughs> so and they're super versatile. So I guess if you're going through the rigmarole of eating them constantly, you can have them 18 million different ways. Yeah. Someone put eggs. Eggs are they exited the conversation? Yeah, not cheap, didn't they're they? Because they're cheap. so expensive now. If you yeah. can find cheap eggs, one, tell me where. <laughs> Maybe because- they, the texture has his own chicken. I think the person texted back mm-hmm. and did say they have a farm, so that's that would be cheaper. Well, that doesn't count. That would then. be cheaper. There, there. I was reading a piece in the New York Times. I am very refined. Uh, fake news. Uh, it it's said the that puzzle, there, it? there's a new there's a new driving demand for raise at home chickens hmm. because people are trying to take the egg game into their own hands. They're upsetting the egg cart. I mean, when I worked in Kamloops, one of the one of the on air personalities actually had chickens. He had chickens at his house. Did they? It's lay becoming eggs? more common. Yes, it's becoming yeah. more common. You get a little chicken coop in your backyard, yeah, and you make your own eggs. Yeah. I mean, they make the eggs. He offered you don't to give them. me one for Christmas one year. I remember. He's like, "Would you like a chicken for Christmas?" I'm like, "I live in an apartment. What do you want me to?" <laughs> <laughs> I live in an apartment. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. To the phone lines we go. It's the Redemption Tour. Canucks Army, Canucks Conversation. Chris Faber here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Fabes? I, I just want to talk about the cheap food for like, I don't know how many minutes here. Absolutely. But I need to Take as much time this. as you want. I am very tired. It's early and I'm more than excited <laughs> to get your thoughts on this. Okay, so I I don't know if this is the cheapest food, but this is what uh, this is what I had a lot in the second time I dropped out of university. This was like a, a meal that was you could always have. It okay. couldn't be that expensive, okay. and like I don't know, it was tasty every time. Like I could always eat this meal. It was you'd go to Costco and get those massive things of English muffins. There's like forty five to like sixty English muffins in there. Okay, and you just have that with peanut butter and then jelly sometimes, but a lot of time just peanut butter, like. You can eat it all the time. Like you do not get tired of having like a crispy English muffin with like melted peanut butter on it. 
And then if you're lucky enough to have milk at the time, but or like you might be too broke, but if you have milk, like then you're really talking about like a nice thing that you're excited to go down and eat for breakfast. What if you could only afford milk? It still tastes good then. <laughs> I invite him an R. Uh, okay. I remember at the time. Yeah, yeah. Is not uh, well, nothing. If you cheap. do it all at Costco, it's yeah. not horrible. Now you, you, and a lot of the texters are on, of the same ilk here because there's a lot of people coming in with the classic PB and J. You have an elevated one with the the bulk English muffin. The I like your answer, and I like there's some versatility there because you can just go straight peanut butter. In which case, you're like, this is a healthy sandwich, but. If you add jelly, then you're giving yourself a treat. And there is versatility within the question. So that's a good answer. I like your answer. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Faber, you are the best, bud. I'm glad that we got your alarm clock issue sorted out because people are responding and they love Chris Faber. So thanks for doing this, bud. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad I made it too. I did the timer. I did two alarms. I did uh, like the loudest song on my alarm too. I changed it from like the ringing to just like uh, let the bodies hit the floor. So like nice. I like had to get up. So that was good. That was good. boy. Appreciate it, babes. Thanks, bud. Have a good weekend. Yeah. See you guys. Have a good one. Yep. Uh, Chris Faber, Canucks Army and Canucks Conversation here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We talked about this earlier as we're really doing the the grassroots, salt of the earth, let's talk to the common people conversations. How many alarm clocks, how many alarms do you have set in the morning? Now, this is a very dicey proposition for this crew right now, the Halford and Bruff crew in Sportsnet 650, because we have to get up really early. And if we don't, it screws over the show and then thereby screws over a bunch of people's mornings who rely on our crazy hijinks. Andy, explain to me your alarm setup. What time do you get up? Uh, 4.30. Okay. And you go with you go with the iPhone? Well, yeah. I mean, I've had my phone alarm forever, but I mean, I've been doing mornings for a long time. Well, I guess nine years now. I guess it's a long time. Um, wow, nine years. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have the double setup. I, I have my phone and then I have my computer as well, which also has an alarm. So what does your computer do? Is it like, hi, Andy, no, you're quite good yeah. at turning me yeah. on. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Uh, no, it's just a, no, it's just a really loud, like a wooga alarm. <laughs> Please don't yell at me today, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about what time do you wake up, Laddie? Same as Andy. Four thirty. Four thirty. But I just do two iPhone alarms. That's enough for me. I I wake up on the first one, and then if I don't turn off the second one in time, my wife usually wakes up, and that gets her angry. So the, I, uh, I have to get that second alarm off. The the good life hack that someone's done is actually put your uh, phone alarm on, but then put it approximately ten to fifteen feet away from you, so you physically have to get up to no, turn right. it off. Correct. Correct. So I'm a, I'm a phone at night person so I, unless i huck it across the room right when i go to sleep you know no. you know what i've got is an old school metal alarm clock with the two bells and the little hammer that goes back and forth between them like a uh, physical alarm a physical alarm wow. clock yeah i wanted to go it is so jarring so jarring to wake up where did to. you buy that thing uh, I can't. I got it as a gift. Amish country? Oddly, no, the Amish don't have clocks. Well, no, it's a, it's not electronic, <laughs> right? It's just they a might. Piece of I metal don't know. You know playing. what? I don't use a sundial. I don't actually. want to insult our Amish listeners. But, not like they can get a hold of us, but I don't want to. <laughs> they don't have radios, bud. You're yeah, good. yeah. I think it'll be all right. We'll get the letter in a month. It's fine. Um, but horse-drawn uh, <laughs> carriage. <laughs> He's gonna show up in June. <laughs> I got this letter from something he said back in February. Anyway, um, the old sc- the old school alarm clock will wake you up a thousand percent. It is very jarring. There's that moment where you wake up and you snap out of bed and you're like, I think I'm having a heart attack. So it may not be great, <laughs> yes. but you are a hundred percent awake. We're gonna start with what we learned 
So the tease to this one was Greg said, I have one, and then you made me do another one. And then Andy said, I have one, just don't ask me any follow-up questions. So I'm really excited to hear these. And we're going to go Greg, Andy, Greg. Sure. Laddie, A-Dog, Laddie. Okay. Uh, the first one, I'll do the one that you wanted me to do, because the, the one I have is funnier. So I'll save that. <laughs> You're going to do the bad one first? I'm going to do the bad one that Halford <laughs> really wanted selling first. It. <laughs> Go. Uh, so this is the awful what we learned that Halford wanted. No, it's uh, the, the Senators actually fired their AHL coach yesterday, which came as a surprise. Troy Mann. Troy Mann was <laughs> you have fired. You say it like Florida man. Troy, Troy Mann. Man. Yeah. 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 He's like his, super, his super brother, hero. Trent, is the GM of Belleville. Trent Mann is the GM, yes. and Troy Mann is the recently fired head coach. And he had to fire his own brother, Oof. and everyone was sort of wondering, because the team's not doing that poorly, they're developing well, and everything seems to be going fine, so that it was sort of confusing. And then word came out today from the beat reporters that he was let go because the coach gave some Ottawa Senators pre-scouting material to a different NHL team. What? Which is just bizarre to me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Troy Mann is the coach of Ottawa's AHL team. Yes. Was. His brother, Trent Mann. <laughs> the other brother is Dan Mann. <laughs> is the general manager, and he had to fire his brother because his brother was sending out scouting materials about the NHL team. To, to other NHL teams. Why? I, there needs to be more info. This is all we have right now. It's a breaking story from this morning because so. i saw this when it happened mm. well, i saw the firing when it happened and it kind of caught my eye because troy man troyman troy man has been the coach in belleville for forever he's like honing in on or was honing in on 300 games behind the bench and i knew that there was the the familial family relationship there I, I i need to know more about this because i don't i don't remember the last time and again this is all alleged at this point this is just what we're hearing in the rumblings and rumors. But you may have committed some light treason, like, like very <laughs> subtle like treason. Yeah, like a light dusting of treason, like, if you will. Do they offer him a bribe? That's like, what I'm wondering. Yeah, like, like, why would you do this? How did you get caught? Did you use Hotmail and someone you left it open on a hotel they, computer? They posed as a different team and asked him for the pre-scout. As someone, yeah, that, was it a sting? <laughs> as someone that worked in a hotel before, uh, the amount of people that would leave their personal information logged in on the the workstation computers you know the generic yes. ones yeah. that they all have everyone staggering amount you'd go in there and people would just like leave it open i'd have to log them out because i'm a good person i would not steal someone's scouting report on the senators for example maybe that's what happened maybe he was at a hotel you never scoured their emails for uh, you know credit i am a good info, i am a good senators pre-scout information i am a good-hearted person <laughs> i saw someone's email account open i'm like i will just log out of that and save them some potential disasters You're nice man i am a nice person um okay so that's really interesting actually not a terrible what we learned good job laddie moo cow troyman troyman his name is troyman troyman uh andy had a what we learned to which he said and i quote i will do this as long as there are no follow-up questions yeah well i don't actually have one uh, i'm gonna steal table saw oh james's uh bruff's missing most of the week because he's finally getting to live out his dream with an appearance on jeopardy which of course isn't true bruff wishes it was true but that got me thinking the yes. mind grapes as you as you like in the mind want, want to say yep. um Remember on the old station how we would do the very popular Jeopardy series? Yeah. Where you would try and stump Bruff and he would try and outsmart you because he claims he's the best Jeopardy person ever? That wasn't really the dynamic, but go ahead. 
That's what happened. No, I I played the role of Alex Trebek, and yeah. we just played Jeopardy. There was no one-upsmanship. Oh, there was one-upsmanship. You know that when they play Jeopardy, they're not trying to defeat the host, correct? <laughs> yes, they are. It's a battle, no. it's a battle <laughs> to the death. Maya Bialik is not Alex the Trebek. enemy here. She's just the facilitator. <laughs> just trying to make it happen. Regardless, it got me thinking. Okay. We got to bring that back on this station. We got to get some Jeopardy going. It was so much fun. The listeners loved it. I yeah. love watching a bruff sweat under the lights there. Now we and, got uh, and, you, and you came up with and Now we have cameras so people can see it. Yeah, and okay. You, you actually came up with some really good questions. I didn't know most of them, but I'm an idiot. So, I mean, I, obviously I won't. But And even Bruff was stumped. I took Well, I took uh, the questions directly from Jeopardy. Oh, so I know. There, there's a variety of... Uh, you didn't really do any work, per se. No, no, no. There's Okay, so there's a... You took them straight off Jeopardy? Not even Jeopardy. So he watches Jeopardy. You know he sees these questions. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So the, the steps to get on Jeopardy are laborious, to put it mildly. So you have to kind of go onto the, web, the official Jeopardy website, and they have a billion practice tests that you can run. And I guess these are like idiot questions that never make it to the actual broadcast. They're like the American League of mm-hmm. of, of Jeopardy questions. Right? They never get the call up. <laughs> but um, they're all written in the appropriate form. And all the, you know, there's like potpourri where it's just a bunch of random crap. So it's very much like the game. And then you have a timer and you have to go mm-hmm. through. Once you do that, you kind of get your bearings to then try out. Mm-hmm. But this was the introductory step where I was pulling the questions from. So I thought, like, if Bruff's ever going to achieve his goal of going on Jeopardy, this needs to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. It needs to be directly from the Jeopardy website. It took hours to yeah. put that together. Now, the one downside is we can't play the Jeopardy music anymore right? because it's licensed, and that was a oh. big that was a big part That's of it. That's a challenge? You want me to find a, a knockoff Jeopardy? Yes. <laughs> so, so I got to thinking. Thank you, Laddie. So I was thinking there has to be a dollar an store unlicensed Jeopardy? dollar store Jeopardy on our website we can use. That is so bad it's actually good. Did you look it up? I have not. But well, assuming we could find one, I think you guys should bring it back, and I bet our listeners would agree because Jeopardy was awesome. We can do some Jeopardy. Yeah, Halboro Jeopardy experience was a lot of fun. The last time Bruff did it, he he stunk the joint out, and I think that wounded him. That's why I wanted you to do it again. Reclamation. Well, Faber no, had a reclamation. It, it would be even worse. Time. Okay. Oh, maybe get a guest involved, too. That's a good idea. Moo Cow, I like your ideas. We, I'm full of many good ones. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. I have several. Okay, la- last what we learned. This yeah. is, this is, this the good is one. a headline that I saw this morning that you can tell this person has been waiting for so long to unleash this headline. It's one of those headlines that just works so well. Yep. Uh, so it's from the CBC website. Okay. Uh, Nestle has announced they are stopping the selling of Delicio pizzas in Canada. Oh, no. The headline on CBC, it's not delivery, it's discontinued. <laughs> they were just waiting for that moment. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> I like good. Thing that, like, How I like long it. have they been sitting on that headline? Just just waiting for the demise of Delicio Pizza. <laughs> it's and not they got delivery, it. it's discontinued. <laughs> Very nice. Is there a hierarchy of frozen pizzas? Because we were talking about um, I mean, affordable del- foods. Delicio's got to be up there. You know, frozen pizzas actually, for the amount of food it is, aren't bad. Like They're pretty cheap and they fill you up. That's what Add I'm them saying. Add them to the mix. Yeah. I mean, they're not, what, they're not- We like, had this conversation They're not quote-unquote cheap food, but I mean, considering how much food you get for them- it's a pretty good deal. Um, there's one th- one person that I always turn to in my times of frozen pizza need, and that is the good doctor, Dr. Utker. Oh, okay. He, uh, he's got his PhD in deliciousness. <laughs> the Quattro Formaggio. Yeah, they're good pizzas. That'll get you, that'll get you through. Um, I like the McCain stuffed crust with the cheese inside. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I don't like stuffed crust. Really? It's too much. Yeah. It's always disappointing. You're always wanting more cheese. Yeah. It's very heavy, it that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so if you have... Dear folks, uh, a particular, 
I want to get the hierarchy down because for me, it's Dr. Otker and then everything else falls underneath. Hmm. Now that Delicio is out of the mix, that's too bad. Uh, is there something that I'm, or is there one that I'm missing here? I feel like there's a couple that are like really, really prominent, and really, really good. I know that we there's like a million in the states. Yeah, like Delicio right. McCain's are the two that I think of first, and I guess Doctor Otker's. Is Someone just throw out the frozen pizza from Costco, which brand name is Costco. Oh yeah, no, that's good. good. I think yeah. it's like ten bucks and it's huge. Casa de Mama. What? Casa de Mama. I haven't had that one. Got to try it. Okay. Um, oh, and you on, tried all too many. <laughs> well, I, on pizza. this note, uh, for Christmas, I got—I told you I got the mini pizza oven, the uni. Um, the, if there's a particular way to get way too obsessive about something that you're not very good at food-wise, trying to make your own pizza routinely, like I am now in the lab coming up with different like dough. Ratios dough is of, crucial. That's yeah, probably the hardest step of making. And you can pizza. because the thing burns so bloody hot, you can't ignore the pizza for like more than ten seconds. So you know how sometimes they're like, "Don't fiddle with the food; just let it cook." This is the exact opposite. It's constant fiddling. Hmm. I don't want to call it an adult toy because that brings us into an entirely different conversation. <laughs> but the uni is like a food toy for adults, which kind of sounds bad, but yeah. isn't as. See, bad. I just I just do it on the barbecue. I have a little uh, pizza stone thing and yeah it's the, the same thing done. it's this is it's got a, like a ceramic dome which is only like i don't know six or seven inches above the actual pizza stone so that's where you get the sort of pizza oven-esque like you're you're talking if you don't pay attention you have burnt the crap out of the pizza in 30 seconds which like, has an intense char yeah. that's a good name for a band intense, intense char, char yeah. yeah okay um i think we need to we're done right yeah that's yeah. that's it for one text one text or- Andy likes the same food that 13-year-old kids in the 90s liked. Yeah. Which is accurate. Yeah. You've, you've That's con- when time stopped for me. <laughs> you've consumed a two-liter of pop before. Oh, yeah. To yourself. Are we right? talking this week or just in general? <laughs> you don't Last still, night. You don't still drink pop, Actually, do you? You know, it's funny. I, I'm not a big pop guy. I know that sounds weird. I don't drink a lot of it. I mean, once I in a while, but I, I we never buy it. I never have it at home. I'm not a big it's pop guy. It's my vice. You're, you're a pop I'm guy? A pop guy. What's your go-to yeah. soda? Dr. Pepper. Oh, very underrated. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's good. Good good cold Dr. Pepper. Uh, in that vein, there is, do you drink sparkling water at all? Not a huge fan of it. My wife drinks a ton of it, so we have it around. Bubbly is or, huge in our house. Yeah, bubbly is, bubbly, Western, bubbly is king. Western Family, I believe it is. Make, I think I got the brand name right. right? Western Family makes one, and it is vanilla and cherry. I guess because they can't market it as Dr. Pepper flavored sparkling water but that's exactly what it is yeah it just tastes exactly i tried one one day and i'm like zero calories all water and it tastes like dr pepper the the knockoff name isn't there dr buzz (laughs) oh there's there's dr skipper mr pepper mr pib mr pib loses his doctor credentials remember remember clearly canadian and briefly made a comeback like four years ago those were good and those oblong bottles oh yeah, yeah those were great those were good actually okay we're kind of losing the plot here but that's a friday it's ask us anything um, did you guys help me out and flag any, or am I left to swim? There are a few flagged. Yeah. Okay. If you, uh, if you click the the button, I know how to look at the flagged <laughs> ones. Well, if you clicked it, you'd realize we have been flagging. There's yes. a lot hey. of listeners listening. Well, then read one. Okay. You know what? I got one. We're going down the food road anyway. I got okay. one from Juan and Comox because so much of today's show is focused on groceries, shopping, inflation, and prices. Juan from Comox, ask us anything. When you go grocery shopping, do you wing it? Or take a list and follow it. I never, ever list. Because I oh. want to be influenced by the sales that are going on. <laughs> and then maybe 
like alter what we're going to eat for the week or how my meal preps are going to go based on what's affordable. I do like a, a semi list. It's like I, chopped. I put on like Those stuff sales. that we that we definitely need into like my phone and then mm-hmm. that's it. There's usually like six or seven crucial things I need to get. I usually have a You know what I actually saw the other day on Twitter? What? Was an old-timey like metal device you can get that has a whole bunch of categories, and you're supposed to check whether you need it or not, and you bring it with you to the grocery store, and it's got milk, eggs, it's got the whole list of everything, and you just, you see which ones you've flicked when you're at home, and there you go. Allow me to channel my inner Owen Wilson. Wow. (laughs) I'm sure there's an app for that now or something, but- uh, Kids, just instead of this gigantic metal checkboard that I have with me. No, like pocket size. It was very, very cute. On this note, a lot of people have uh, written in that the one thing that we are grossly overlooking in the uh, inexpensive sustenance to stay alive, tuna. Canned tuna. Ooh. Canned Even though tuna. it's a meat That's and it's a got good protein, one. yeah. Canned tuna. I forgot about yep. canned tuna. Affordable, versatile, has a shelf life of approximately 16 years. Delicious. And I'm not even a huge seafood person, but I would eat it. Well, it's not really seafood. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't (laughs) even taste like seafood. It was once. (laughs) At a time. It's more canned food at this point. Again, sodium might be, uh, how much is in the canned tuna? It's got a lot of sodium. Like, you can't be eating it every day. You can't get away from canned stuff if if you don't want sodium. Can we we do a sports one? Anyone got a sports one? (laughs) I feel like we're- this is a sports show, believe it or not. Whatever audience we had is quickly being driven away. They're not sending us sports questions. Yeah, to be fair, this is the listener's fault. Yeah. It's their fault. Uh, ask us anything. Which fan base would be more annoying? English football fans if they won the World Cup or Toronto Saw fans if one. they won the Stanley Cup? Well, uh, Leafs, more... Leafs fans if they won the Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, I got to say because it's local, right? I mean, English may be more, the English may be more annoying, but I mean, there's, so many, get... there's so many Leafs fans here, we wouldn't hear the end of it. Don't get me wrong. It would be highly, highly annoying. And it's coming from an England supporter. I know how overbearing and nauseating it would be. The big part of it is, is because... They always hearken back to the birthplace of football. It's our sport. We have rightly reclaimed it. I don't know if, all due respect to how annoying Toronto is, period. That's the end of the sentence. But, but like, part of my hatred of Toronto is the fact that they have this uh, mentality and, and this confidence despite not winning anything mm-hmm. for entire lifetimes of most of their fans. So to me, if they won, it would totally eliminate that scenario, right? And that would... That would take the fun out of it. You know, it's fun to hate Leafs fans. And if they win, it just all goes away. If and when so. the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup, that'll be the worst summer ever. Yes. It'll absolutely. be awful. It won't I'm, be great. I'm from yeah. Ontario, too. I'll just have to log off of my, Twitter. My wife always rips on me like, oh, your, your friends are, are Leafs fans. Why can't you just cheer for them to get one? Yeah. No, <laughs> they, they get one, and that's the problem. <laughs> Could you imagine the summer of the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup? Oh, How many uh, articles would we be subjected to about whose day it is with the Stanley Cup? Yeah, it would be never-ending. Yeah. I, I couldn't do a Pierre Engvall. What's he doing with the Stanley Cup? Yep. I, I can't. I don't want to do it. And all the writers would be lined up one by one. I, I no, you know what? I'm dreading life, knowing. Just thankfully, thinking about it. thankfully they're going to lose to Tampa Bay in the first round again this year, so we're good. <laughs> we're going to be all right. That's crazy that that matchup is already set. By the way, yeah, it's pretty much set in stone. That, yeah, because like, they're not catching him. Bruff and I have talked to, when he's actually here uh, about like oh, you get the, a cardboard cut out of him like the Marge Simpson like plant. <laughs> 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 Just put it there. <laughs> but we talked about the playoff chases, at least in terms of getting in, will be more compelling than previous years. But for the second consecutive season, Toronto knowing that they're playing Tampa Bay and vice versa in January, that's not great. That's not great for the league. That's not great for either of those fan bases. 
I don't even think it builds anticipation going into the playoffs. It's almost like you're resigned to this inevitability that for the next year, because I wouldn't put that rivalry as a budding one or a great one. I didn't think that there was a ton of bad blood or hatred from last year's series. That was two good hockey teams, razor thin margin between them. But at the end of the day, the Leafs do what they always do, and that's losing the first. We just had that ratings conversation with Sean Gentili as well. I'm sure the ratings for the final games of the year would be a little bit better if there was actually some meaning to them. Uh, We had another follow up text to the Toronto winning the Cup one. Uh, Would you rather Boston or Boston win another one or Toronto win one? I'd pick Boston. Yeah, I think Boston's done it already. So yeah, I don't I don't care about the Bruins like I used to as as much as I may protest them. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to see Boston win one, but if it was Boston or Toronto, yeah. Boston, Boston, 100%. I need, I repeat, need Toronto to go out in the first round again this year. If they get out of the first round, it opens yeah. up this Pandora's box of possibilities that I'm not prepared to deal with. It makes summers great when that happens. But it also, it, it puts, I mean, it puts Dubas under the cosh big time because all of a sudden it's like, can I continue to run this back? And then I think it's Shanahan looking at it and being like, I don't think so. But it's also... The inescapable narrative for Marner, Matthews, Tavares to a lesser degree because he was at least with another organization, Nylander, everybody, everything, right? And then it really makes you wonder if this is the fatal flaw of the way that they've done this build. That they, I know it's such a cliche to say they're not built for the playoffs, but they are, would literally not be built for the playoffs if they lose in six consecutive first rounds. Well, Dubas can't identify goalies. That's been a big problem. I know Sonam's been good this year, and they had to – bit of a reclamation of, of Matt Murray, but it's it's been his biggest fault. And, you know, he, the biggest problem with the Leafs was success in the playoffs, and the goalie he brought in before that was Jack Campbell, a guy who's never won in the playoffs mm-hmm. at any point in his career, professional, semi-professional. It, it just blows my mind that he he takes these roots yep. with his goaltending. And, and the key thing is he's trying to get better in the playoffs, and he just continues to ignore it. So. Yeah, Jay and OK Falls with another follow-up question on this. Ask us anything. Do you subscribe to the justification, hey, at least my team lost in the playoffs to the eventual champion? No. 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 Never. <laughs> never. It's it's a nice little anecdote that you can throw in. It's like, hey, we lost to the best. Especially if you push them. Uh, it makes it a little like it, the year we lost to the Kings, we the Canucks, the year the Canucks lost to the Kings made it a little bit easier for me to swallow but as they a got, fan. But they got pounded in that series. I know, it but the fact necessarily that the, close. No, I know, but the fact we hung that, tight with the, the fact that yeah. the Kings then went on all the way, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess they were just destined. That's that interesting year that your team. mind went there because I would have never have thought that. I, I just remember thinking that at the time, like I was obviously not unhappy with the loss, but yeah. then after the fact when the Kings won, I was like, oh, you know, what? I think it went from they had a good it, team. They shouldn't have been eighth or whatever the seed was. It made and, that loss less disappointing. For yeah, the Canucks. Fans yeah, I was able to swallow it a bit because I saw some people at the end of the World Cup. Uh, retroactively saying, man, you know, what do you think about Canada's performance now that Morocco and Croatia oh, were two of the final major four? major narrative, yeah. And I was like, I, I could care less. If you've played in a tournament, <laughs> and this has happened to you, yeah. and you've lost to the team that went on to win the tournament, which I've had happen to me many times, <laughs> I didn't win many tournaments, Yeah, you don't feel any better. As, no. as a player, you don't, maybe as a fan you do a little bit, but as a player. And it's fundamentally different no. losing in the final to the eventual champ as opposed to losing in the first round. Like if you were part of their journey and you were a stepping stone along the way, it does nothing for you. You're a footnote, an anecdote in history, right? So I, yeah, J and OK falls. Sorry. I do not subscribe to that theory. 
Uh, you guys got any other ones? We want? I know we're right up against it for time, but what else do we have flagged in the Dunbar Lumber? I have text one texture saying, ask us anything. Halford, how does it feel to be carried by the dogs for two days straight? You guys have done a hell of a job. We're just uh, I, I'm speaking from here. the heart of my bottom here. You guys have done a, a heck of a job. It's not easy coming in, and especially yesterday, we kind of got news late that Bruff wasn't feeling well, and I'm like, don't come in. You know, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. But yeah, you're. But if it's a routine based thing, everyone's used to their routines, and suddenly you have to step out of that. You got to do more, especially you guys, right? So yes, there's I get, more work involved. I get a tip of my Kansas City Royals cap. We, we just need to do more in general. I think. Shh, no, no <laughs> don't say that. Do less, stupid. <laughs> this is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.